When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Afternoon, everyone. Welcome along to the Rangers Rabble reaction to Motherwell 2 Rangers 4. Um, thanks for everybody in the comments. Keep them coming. Any questions, we'll answer them as best as we can. So, Craig, <laughs> what's your immediate reaction to that result today? I'm just glad that game's over. I don't think it's good for my uh, my blood pressure or my heart for that. that sort of, I just don't know why we can't just go out and beat teams 4-5-0, why do we have to make things so difficult for ourselves? I mean, Scott, I mean, yeah, just, we said we said in the pre-match, this is either going to be a squoosh or we're going to make things hard for ourselves, and clearly the latter was the case. Listen, we, we kind of know what this team's about now, we've been watching them for all the same guys, and we know if they turn up, we won, we know if they don't turn up, we get games last night, so I thought it was quite an enjoyable game. It was back and forth, and Type of match I like to watch, yeah. We can criticize the players, but at the end of the day, we won 4 2, and that's what we came for three points. So I don't like to be too critical of the guys because I thought at the end up we played really well, but it was a slog fest at the start. I do, I do agree with Craig, but hey, that's not why we're fans, isn't it? Yeah, Graham, I mean, the game pretty much had everything done to Um <laughs> I certainly, I, I, was, I was enjoying it for pieces, and then other bits I was just tearing my hair out. In large parts of the second half, I was enjoying it, but it's just the finishing was getting me so angry. That game could have easily been eight, nine, ten. We could have five after they went down to ten men. Also, we'll probably get it that later on, but just glad we get the three points. And like Craig says, I just wish sometimes we could make it a lot easier and get the, the goals we deserve. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> first off, the first goal, Craig, I mean... We said we wanted a quick start. We wanted a you know a positive start, and the exact opposite happened. We conceded after I think it was two minutes, just after the two minute mark, and you just you're shaking your head, thinking, "Here we go, conceding first again." Yeah, I think I said in the chat that we have to add um, life's guarantees of birth, taxis, death, and Rangers conceding the first goal seems to be uh, um, just seems to be the case at the moment. It's just I didn't I was tearing my absolute absolute hair out um, at. I'm sure we'll come on to it. Looking back, I was convinced it was going to be a, it was going to be scrapped off for, for offside, and couldn't believe when it wasn't. Um, it's poor defending. I mean, Yilmaz um, was pulled out of position a little bit, but Goldson also should be watching the line. He's meant to be the sort of most experienced defender. He should be watching the line and and see. Um, but the rest are obviously a bit bit more further forward than he is. Um, that happened second half as well with Ben Davies, which I'm, again I'm sure we'll we'll come on to, um, but. Yeah, it's just a poor, really, really poor goal. And once the ball goes across the box, Goldson's not getting near it. McGregor's not going to react to it, and it's just in the net. I mean, Kerr, I'm no Van Gogh for Banksy, right? But the the lines that the 
VAR produced and the lines on the football pitch clearly weren't exactly the same because you can clearly see the space between the line and the pitch and the VAR at this side. And then by the time it gets to the other side of the pitch, they're like a centimetre away. And I'm like, how, how can you get a basic thing like that wrong? Like we said before, Brian's a technology people are struggling to understand how to work properly, but I'm not one of these guys, I'm not going to sit and say, like, it's not a goal because VAR should have ruled out. We have to defend properly, which we've never done, and to be fair to the boy Johnson, it was a great ball into the ball, so between the keeper and the defender, very hard one to defend, and Van Beam was there to put it away, but we have to defend this better. It was a simple ball down the line that Van was kind of too close to Ben Davis and pulled across, and it's like, you get in and we can we can also sit here and say VR got it wrong or whatever, but we have to defend properly. We can't we can't expect when we do something wrong in the park, VR is going to help us out. So defend first and then look for maybe help for VR if, you, if that's where you want to go. But Michael Beal be saying we need to, we need to defend better because a lot of times we get beat by a simple ball over the top and that's happened again. Yeah, I mean Graham, <coughs> you, you you as Kerr says you can criticise VR, but at the same time. The defending wasn't good enough, was it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the freeze frame just now. Yomaz is at least 10 yards inside the, fo- the the winger who's just ready to go. And by the time the ball goes over, there's nothing Yomaz can do. The boy's clean in and it's a simple ball across. Yeah, I wonder, Chris Boyd said at halftime that he thought that he was maybe inside because Rangers were preparing for against two strikers. So I wonder if that was maybe the case. But obviously, once the game's kicked off, you should realise what they're doing and then adjust it properly and obviously you should have been a, a wee bit wider and then stop that happening but again it's the, the long ball over Ben Davis is just too busy concentrating put his hand up call for it offside it's Kirsten's you should be stopping it first then you call for it uh, but it's again we can see that goal and then we have to we show the character to get back in it which is a good thing yeah I mean it was a, a fairly easy foul to give Craig the referee for the free kick um, you know, Lundstrom got fouled clearly. Um, I must admit, though, I was quite, I was quite surprised by the goalie's positioning. I mean, he he left basically a gaping hole for the for for uh, Tavernier to hit, and I mean, it was a great free kick, but it was yeah. poor goalkeeping. I think, to be honest, it was probably there was a few tackles before that that I was surprised weren't given as free kicks, and there was two or three in a sort of thirty second spell that you sort of. Thinking right, the referee just letting everything go. Um, yeah, it was a clear foul, um, clear yellow card from Slattery, which I'm sure we'll discuss his second one. Um, clear, clear yellow card for me. It's a good free kick, but I think I said in in the supporters club chat. I mean that if McGregor concedes that goal, you're absolutely raging. If if that ball goes past McGregor, um, goalkeeper leaves so much of the goal open, and it wasn't even. I'm mean, watching it back. It wasn't even. Um, as if Tavernier sort of completely whipped it over the over the wall. He's sort of it seems to have gone in in slow motion. Um, so I'm very surprised that the keeper doesn't save it. Um, I was impressed actually it went over the wall, and then I'm sort of waiting for the goalkeeper to get it. And when he didn't get it, I was obviously clearly very happy. Um, but watching it back, yeah, it's a it's a poor goal to concede from Motherwell's point of view. Yeah, I mean, Kerr, I, I I thought it was too close to the 18 yard line for Tav to get it up and down. But I mean, it's it's. You know, it's it's just went over the wall by no, you know, by a ball, a football height, no more, no more than that, and it actually dips in and goes like hits the bottom of the goal. You know, it's not like high up the goal; it hits the top corner. It was a, it was a well executed free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, it got up and down really well, Tav. I mean, I know he can do that. We've seen him score goals like that before, but I agree with you, Liam Kelly's position and his poor. Yeah, we don't want yeah. to focus on Mario's players, and but. Like you said, if that was Al McGregor, you wouldn't be happy about it. And but no, Tav done well. He got up and down. All you can ask him to do is get it over the ball and hit the target, and that's what he done. And it went in. So you can't ask any more from him. No, Graham. I suppose we were fortunate enough to get into half time at one-one. You know, because you know we we're making so many errors, but we get in at half time. We regroup, and the man that a lot of people were calling for to come off came up came up with the goods with a, a superb header, wasn't it? Yeah, once again, the ball for Tavernier is unbelievable. But when it gets like that, it's, it's we'll say it's in between the goalkeeper and the defence, and uh, Sakala jumps up, and I don't know if it's the side of the back. He said, "Don't know, McCoy's was questioning it as well." But uh, it was a great, uh, great finish, and then celebrating in front of the fans. Uh, 
gets him another goal and keeps his, his good run going. Yeah, I mean, Craig, he's, he's definitely flourished under Michael Beale Sakala. You know, he's he's involved in goals. He's either assisting or scoring most games. Um, he's just so marmite just now. You don't know what you're going to get from him. It's either going to be brilliance or it's just going to be just poor control. You know, the amount of times in the first half he just couldn't control a ball to save himself, but yet he comes up with goals like that. Yeah, as well as my uh, Rangers concede the first goal guarantee, Sakala is offside. He's also a guarantee um, in life. Seems to be born offside. Um, great header. I think for me, the the key is the ball from Tavernier, though, because I think they mentioned it on the commentary that first half Tav was trying to take the full back on and, and wasn't getting much joy. This time he gets the ball one touch and it's sort of out of his feet. And he, he whips it straight in, um, which he didn't really do first half. Great header from Sakala. I didn't even realise that. Um, it come off the back of his head. I was too busy, too busy celebrating the goal as I just sort of sat down to watch the second half. Um, so I wasn't really complaining. But yeah, he's very, very marmite. But I think the run of games he's had with Beal, um, I think we have to just, just accept that he may not be a, a first team regular next season, depending on who Beal signs. But while we've got him, he he comes up with the goods most times. I mean, here's a stat. For you, Scott, you know, he's had 12 goal contributions in 14 games, be that assists or goals. So he's obviously liking the system under Beale. And but I think I think we've just got to accept that he is going to do some crazy things, but at the same time, he's going to do some brilliant things, isn't he? Yeah, he's very unpredictable fashion, but he gives a hundred percent and his goal scoring ratio is really good to be honest with you. So we can't ask any more from him, Manny. Yeah, he can miss play a pass, he can run into traffic, he can shoot and it can end up going down the motorway and stuff like that. But then he scores goals last, you know what I mean? And he's big, he's just his big smile. But you can't knock his record. I read, I read during the game, that's 15 goals in five games against Mario. I don't know if that's true, but somebody put it on and I thought, that's amazing. That's a good start for a striker. So all you can ask your strikers to do is put a ball in your net. And that's what he's doing. Yeah, we can... Look at other parts he's giving the same. Maybe he needs to improve in that and improve in this. But he's a striker at the end of the day and he scores goals and that's what he's doing. So we can't really criticise him because he is putting a ball in the net for us. Yeah, I mean, we'll come to the equaliser, Graham, and I suppose just to let a let of your anger out, we'll get it out just now. A needless corner given. A cross comes in. Tav has a weak header, to be, to be honest. And then from there on, it's just an... A stromash and just I mean we had two or three chances to get rid of that didn't we? Yeah it was just a Calgary mistakes mate it's Tar's header just goes straight up and then he should be going winning it just clearing it uh, they doesn't and then Goldson kind of fluffs it as well and then Cholak I don't know if, well at first I thought oh, Cholak's just like that go but McGregor should be shouting at him as well and then communication between the two of them but it's just a nightmare. It's a typical goal for a set piece. We just under pressure. It's not really pressure that they've put on us. It's we put ourselves under the pressure with mistakes, and we just we just need to learn from it. But we've said don't know how many times and get improved and do it in training, continuous set piece training, defending, and hopefully we get better at it because we'll definitely be better next season. Yeah, Craig. I mean. When a when a team get a go a corner against us, I just shudder every time because I just think we're going to concede here, and that was just a. <laughs> I did see somebody either on Twitter or somewhere say that it was like you just all you needed in that sequence was the Benny Hill theme theme music, and that would have just summed it up perfectly, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's an absolutely ridiculous corner to give away. Lundstrom's under no pressure, heads it instead of heading it straight back to McGregory, heads it wide and. McGregor can't react quick enough to sort of stop the ball, but there was a split second where I thought, oh, he's got that. And then suddenly it was out for a corner. Ball comes in. Tav does what he has to do is get the ball up and get the ball away. Yes, it's a bad header, but there's so many moments. Like normally you can sort of point to one moment of error in the goal. There's sort of four or five. Um, For me, McGregor, even when the ball comes to him, it's a back, it's basically a back pass. It's basically a back pass. He should be, he effectively dived over the ball um, and it's about four yards from goal. So for me, McGregor takes as much blame as the rest because a few years ago, he'd have, he'd have saved that shot or he'd have come. He, I know he doesn't ever really come for crosses, um, but he would have, that, that ball would have never got to him um, and it would never have gone in. And I was just, 
I just walked out the kitchen and walked walked into the back garden for a few seconds just to sort of let out my anger. The girlfriend was saying that all the windows were open, so I need to uh, keep my keep my voice down a little bit. Yeah, and many thanks to Led Zapaldo seven 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 for the ten pounds super chat. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the team is still full of pretenders, Scott. Let's not forget that. Who cares about the players' stats when we are nine behind them? And still no improvement since the cup final, in my opinion. Does this team beat Celtic? You're on mute. And I'm all off match, Brian. Anything can happen, but granted, we're not beating Celtic since I think Hellander's head at Ibrox. Uh, that's a while back. I know we get them in the cup, we beat them in the semi final uh, last season, but that was nearly 90 minutes. Mm. So looking back on a normal game, we've not beaten. Since I I brought since Hellander's head on. Listen, Michael Beale's only lost the game against them. He's not really we've still not lost any games in the league since he's come in. So he's not he's not doing anything. He can't really do any more with the players he's got and until he gets in our transfer window to bring others in. He's gonna to have to use what he's got. Yeah, we all want new players in, we all want fresh blood in, but he's gonna to have to utilize what he's got. And at the end of the day, all he can do is put out a team strong enough that he thinks is good enough to beat them and if it is, then we'll all be happy, but they will be favourites going into the match just because of record against us, but at the end of the day, the players are going to have, if they want to be here next season, they want to, they have to be, they have to step, some of them have to step up, but some of them I know, probably know deep down, they're not going to be here next season, so it's a case of just take each game as it comes and look forward to the game against them in the semi-final. We can't do any more, we can't sit and say, Let's change it because we've not we off the us to just use your squad of players we've got. But I mean, if you ask a fan to pick a team, we'd all probably pick different teams. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's hard to judge them in this season. It's been poor overall, yes. And if we don't win the cup, then it's been a disaster of a season. But since Michael's came in, apart for the fit cup final against them, he's not really done anything wrong with what he's had to work with. He's brought in two guys who's you can see have made a difference in Raskin and Campbell. And you have to just trust them in the summer. You can't really do any more. Yeah, and Graham will come on to the third goal, um, which was scored by Todd Campwell. Now, there was definite sort of reminiscence of the Motherwell goal, and obviously you know, VER was offside. <clears throat> then once they ruled out offside, they were, they, they, then they went hunting for a, a handball. Uh, I thought, God, they're trying everything not to allow this goal. But the goal stood. Um, it was, you know, Sakal on the wide. And then, again, a bit of a strama. I think, I think Cholak, I think Tav, and then I think Cantwell finally got the ball in the net. But as you were saying before we started, the, the shooting, you know, our finishing is very poor. But good goal. Uh, I was good after my not uh, when Cholak and Tav were missing it. And then uh, as soon as Cantwell went in, that was the, the biggest roar I, I gave the day uh, off the couch when he went in. Uh, but... Again, like you say, I was when they were going to check the offside. I was with the Motherwell goal. I was sure it was offside. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. it was Sakala, so we know what his record's like. So I'm so oh, it's offside. So I was the, I, I sat down quite quickly after celebrating, and then I was confident there was no handball. So as soon as they said there was no offside, I knew it was going to be given. So I was. It shows great character. The amount of times we've done that this season, that's where you can't fault the players. Is we get we concede a goal, we come back, we concede any cries, we come back straight away again. Which is great to see in a side, but it's just we just as fans, you don't have to just go to a game and see just stroll it four 0 five 0 and then we can go home happy and uh, our hearts are a wee bit better. But uh, it was a, a great goal and great to see him off the mark. He's been getting closer and closer each week, uh, but and it was a nice finish. But he had to get it out out his feet very quickly and put it in the top of the net. So it was great to see him score. I like the celebration as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the basketball reference, Scott, you don't like that. <laughs> but Craig, he was the only person in that box that showed a bit of composure, Campbell. Everybody was just thrashing at it, but he actually looked to me as though he actually thought, no, I'm just going to sort of flick this and you know poke it in the top corner. He didn't thrash at it. It was very a very cool, calm finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that shows his quality. Um, I was like Graham. I was sort of, the fact that the Rangers Twitter page hadn't put anything up yet about the goal, I was like, it's it's what's going on. There's obviously something being checked. I actually think the second Motherwell goal could have been ruled out for handball because it seemed to pinball around the box and a couple of the players, it seemed to land in their, land in their arms and sort of chest. And I thought that one could have been ruled out. Um, 
I also thought the the, the goal was going to be disallowed for offside, and I'm surprised there wasn't actually any uh, any wonky lines on that one. And um, they seem to be in line with the uh, in line with the grass. But yeah, when the ball gets to Campwell, um, he shows his quality and, and he's played at a much higher level. That rather than just flinging a leg at it, he actually does pick his spot. And similar to Tillman's goal earlier in the season, there was a goal earlier in the season Tillman scored where. He could really only put it in one spot and and Campwell did the same today. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Scott, the substitution started to come just after their remark. Morelos came on for Cholak and Tillman came on for Sakala. Now, um, within, I think it was five minutes, uh, Morelos is, you know, I, don't, I actually thought he was, I didn't know where he was going initially. And then he, he cut it across and Tillman took one touch and I think that was that one touch that took it away from the defence that gave him a chance with the right foot to you know, shoot in the top corner but I mean again Tillman showing his class isn't he? Yeah I mean when the substitutions come on I mean Ryan kind of had a poor game to be honest with you but when the, sub- the substitutes happened they seemed to almost saying up his game but he was more involved because he plays a ball through at Morelos who you think he's taking that too away but he looked up to see who was there and they spotted Tillman in the edge of the box and they cut it back to him, but Malik's finish was fantastic, man. He knew what he was doing straight away. And like Craig's the minute ago about Campbell, it's the quality. He knows what he's doing, he knows where to put it. It's not like I'm just going to hit this as soon as it comes. He knows where it's going when he gets it. And it's guys like us who need to keep in the part. And Tillman, you've got Campbell asking these guys are going to have to take us forward because we're not the players that can't. But that's why uh, he's in the side. But uh, we need him in the side, Tillman. I'll have to see Alfie come on and done really well. Yeah, he's got his critics and Mel can criticise him about things over the past. And But when you watch Cholak and you watch Alfie, I know Alfie's out of contract and he might probably be leaving at the end of the season, 99.9% chance he will be. But for me, if you want to keep winning games and you get a chance in the Cup semi-final, Morelos has to start for me. Yeah, we can criticise him. He doesn't score enough goals. He doesn't do this. But he's got a bit, on, he's got a bit to prove before he leaves. And he's also got a bit to prove to anybody watching him. Like, unless he's already signed up with somebody, which we don't know, he doesn't have to tell us. But I think we might as well put him between now and then season if he want to go forward. Cholak's a decent goal scorer, but the way we play, I don't think it suits him. It's no criticism, it just doesn't suit him. But I think you saw the day when he was right through, he had the smallest target to hit for, and he shot, and it was single hurt the person when people in the Rangers stand <laughs> full of force in the face. I could be wrong, but... All you had to do was look at Lucy. If he lifted his head, Sakala standing at a back post basically free, so slide that across and he scores. You have to improve his overall game, Cholak, as well. That's why I think he was, he's going to be here next season unless we bring in two strikers, which I actually hope we do. But I think you have to start Alfie moving forward. I think he's the one that complements everybody else on the side, especially Campbell, Kent, Tillman, because he can hold the ball up, bring us into play, which we were struggling to do before he came on. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just watching the goal back there, Graham. You know, Morelos receives the ball from Kent and then he back heels it and cuts back. <clears throat> Morelos then hits it through a tunnel of players. I'm looking at about five Motherwell defenders. Tillman is facing the wrong way. He manages to control it and then put it onto his right side in one, one sort of movement. And then it's just a rifled shot in the top shot in the top corner. I mean, I didn't appreciate how good Tillman's control was, but just watching it back there. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it's a, a first-class finish, mate. Like, that's what they type of players can do. They know how to like, manipulate the ball so they can get this, this second strike as a strike at goal. And what a finish, top corner, especially the angle for behind the goal. And you get to see the Rangers fans jump up before it hits the back of the neck because you know it's in. Mm-hmm. And, and it's great to see him coming on. And he's he's got that uh, about him. That he's just his touch. It's just so good. But uh, once you've got him and Cantwell and Raskin, and uh, if you can get them into the, the same 11, I think we've got a chance. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're players, they can all com- combine together. They know they're in the same way of playing and stuff like that. And it gives us more uh, chances to uh, more times to create chances for Morelos and bring Kent and etc. all that in. So uh, if we can get them all in, it's exciting. And hopefully it gives us a chance in the semi-final because we need to go and win that Scottish Cup. Uh, or like Kerr says, the season will be a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, Craig, it's is Tillman about the only person in that squad that could have done that bit of skill at the edge of the box, controlled it, let it go, and 
rifled it in the top corner? Is it you know is that, is, it, is he simply the only guy that could have done that? I think the only other one would probably be Campwell. I think he's the only other one that could have done that. I think he did that a few years back when he first sort of bur- burst onto the scene. He scored a goal similar to that. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's Campwell or or, or Tillman. Um, I agree. I mean, there was a few today that I didn't have. Cholak didn't have a very good game. I don't. I don't think Ryan Kent had a very good game either. Um, there was a few passes first half where he had simple passes and they, he was just lazy. Like the pass was just lazy. He put one ball into the box and just sort of lifted it into the box without really looking to see where where a player was. Um, and one ball down the line to Sakala and it was. McCoist give Sakala some grief about not doing enough to get the ball, but actually it was Kent's pass wasn't wasn't good. It didn't really give Sakala a lot of a lot of anything to play for. Um, but I agree. I don't, I don't think we played to Cholak's um, Cholak's strengths today. I think he's not a right winger, so we played him out wide first half. Um, it worked against Hibbs, the sort of two wide strikers, because Hibbs gave us quite a lot of space. We were never going to have that amount of space today. Um, so trying trying the same thing, sort of. 10, 15 minutes in, we should have realised, right, it's not working. We'll, we'll we'll change things up and and put Cholak in the box. Put the ball in the box, it's to his strengths. He'll, he'll score goals. But you sort of get those games with Cholak sometimes where he's not really involved and yeah. um, we don't play to his strengths. And therefore, it looks like he's had a bad game. Um, and he probably has, but it's a combination of everything, really. <coughs> Thank you to James Dalrymple for the 199 Super Chat. Thank you very much. Who else was delighted when Campbell scored? Well, I think Graham's already said he was climbing the climbing the ceiling when, we, when he scored. So, yeah, but I mean, Scott, it's just nice to see Campbell chipping in with goals now. You know, he's always, I suppose he's always got that in his in his game, hasn't he? But he does a lot more Campbell than he is. I, I dare say scoring's not his primary sort of concern, is it? No, but it's the type of player Brian at home next season when he gets... Obviously, half a season under his belt, and he kicks off for next season. You're hoping he maybe gets 10, 15 goals a season for midfield because that's what we've been lacking. And I think he's got a quality to do that as well. But no, he's, he gets behind the ball when he needs to defend. He can start attacking. I think he put a through ball. I can't remember who it was to. I don't know if it was to in the, in the first half he put a through ball. It's something they had to have about 30 or 40 yards right through his spot with my defence. And he's got that quality. He always plays his, his head up. His awareness is really good. and Listen, this boy's got a lot to prove. You know the quality he's got because obviously when he was down in England, he'd done really well when he first burst onto the scene and he was getting highly rated and all different clubs have watched him and he kind of fell away at Norwich for various reasons. So he's got a point to prove to himself, but to other doubters, and you can see the quality he's got. If you get him back falling in love with the game again, we can see what he can bring and he's a joy to watch, but he's not the only one. Like I said, Tillman's in the same wavelength. Raskin's come in and done really well and he's still got a lot to learn. And I think it's a good future looking forward to if Tolman comes through the door and we've got Campbell, we've got Raskin to build on because these are these guys are I've got these guys these two guys have got better quality than what we've probably had in the last few years. And that's what you need to build on, that's what you need to move forward with. But Todd's a he's just a delightful player to watch and he, he like I said he's he does so many things, but he's tougher as well than a lot of people thought he was going to be in the part. He's no he doesn't get knocked off a boy easy. He when I like to be a bit when they put a beat his foot on somebody. Obviously, he could have maybe been booked for that, but mm-hmm. he's that we asked you game which you need in Scotland, do you know that way? So no, I'm delighted he's here and I'm, I think he's just gonna get better and get better. And I think he's one of these guys. I thought he was our best player to be honest with you. I thought he was really good. I thought Ryan Jack was really good again. Ryan, Ryan just does the simple things, but I thought he was really good. And no, I'm delighted he's here and I'm looking forward to watch them week in, week out. And you'd have liked the basketball reference with Cantwell's goal as well, Scott, did you? Can I just add something as well, Brian, about Cantwell? Uh, no, I, I really like about him. He's always showing for the ball. He's always moving. Mm-hmm. He's making angles. Because often when you've seen Kamara and Lundstrom uh, through, over the last year or so, I don't want to say they're hiding, but they're often man-marking themselves out of the game. Whereas Cantwell's mm-hmm. constantly moving the same and Raskin and Jack always is the same. So that's why I'm really looking forward to Hopefully, seeing that midfield free going forward. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going. Obviously, Slattery gets sent off at the end, Craig. I mean, <coughs> folk are saying it was not a sending off. Folk are saying it was. I think as Scott said though before we started, if you raise your hands, there's not much option for the ref, is there? 
Yeah, I mean, like we discussed before, that was his 11th or 12th yellow card of the season, so he's not exactly uh, not exactly Mr. Clean. Um, yeah, it's one of those that I think Cantwell's made the most of it, but at the same time, you, you can't raise your arms, sort of even even to defend yourself without running the risk of and the risk of it being a, a yellow. I think if he hadn't been booked and he gets a yellow card, no one's really complaining about it. But the fact that it's a second yellow, then it causes the oh, it's not a, it's not a yellow card discussion. Um, but for me, he wasn't exactly Mr. Keynes. There's a few tackles going in where you sort of think, oh, it's a bit, bit tasty. Um, but yeah, so for me, for me, it's a yellow card, and and then by the rules, it's a it's a second yellow, and he's off. Yeah. A question from Jim Scott. Um, oh no, that's not the one. Um, is it a concern as like under Gerard, we are a bit of a second half team? Um, today was a classic example. You know. Poor first half, but you know better in the second half. But it's not the first time we've discussed the fact that we've started slow in the first half and then we've came out flying in the second half. Um, it's certainly, it's certainly looking, not looking that way. But you know, we're 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 struggling in first halves and then all of a sudden we come to life in the second half. We do, and I think I don't know if it's 25, 26 times that we've conceded first this season. I could be wrong. Uh, but that's a lot of times we've had to come back into a game and coming from behind to try and win it, which we've done recently under Michael Beal. And he's never really got a substitution wrong since he's come in, maybe apart from the cup final, but that was a poor display overall. But in the league, he's always brought in subs who's made an impact when they've come on or done something. So, like I said, it's we can criticise his players, but we know what they're like because a lot of them have been here a long time. So until he gets the players who Dory wants, and he can change it more to his liking. I think they're always going to see someone for these guys. I think it's different with the new boys in, but I think the guys we know, like Graham mentioned, Kamara, Lundstrom, we know what they offer, and we need, we need more. They like to recycle the ball, they like to slowly play down, we don't want that. We want to be on the front foot, we want to be attacking teams, we want to be, which we've done when substitutions are made, do you know what I mean? So even I feel likes to go forward, and I know Scott is getting long in the tooth, he's not, he's not the youngest anymore, but he likes to go forward, whereas others are happy just keep possession, they're comfortable doing what they're doing, but we need more for some players, so we, we know we need changes, so we're just going to have to uh, wait till somebody to see who comes in, but at this moment in time, he's going to have to play strongest 11 face start, I know it's not always going to work, substitutions always impacting games, but I think he's going to have to start a lot of games with strongest 11, they're not getting a lot of midweek games anymore, so he might as well just play with strongest 11 every week. Absolutely. <clears throat> Before the game, Graham, um, there was obviously clearly a, a bit of a visual display towards Stuart Robertson and Ross Wilson. Um, it's starting to build up a bit of momentum now. There's there's a lot more noise. Um, you know, I I get I get where they're coming from. Um, obviously the. The Union Bears were obviously not at the game at the weekend at home. They were decided to stay away. Um, is this is this just going to grow and grow until something happens? Like, say, for example, against them lot away, if it's a bad result there, you know, is that just going to be a tipping a tipping point for a lot of the fans after that? It's a hard one because uh, the Union Bears are very important to, especially at Ibrooks. Uh, getting the crowd going and stuff like that, the songs and whatever. Because I think it was both uh, Wilf and Mark said the game last week, the atmosphere was dead without them. So that's yeah. not a good thing. So you, you can't give in to everything they do, but you need to kind of keep them on your side because you don't really like to see this. But I totally agree with the Ross Wilson stuff. I, I, I was excited when we appointed him because I thought he had good words about him. He had like, a good reputation, but... It's not good enough. When you look at the list of players and the injury record of buying injured players, uh, players getting loaned out, uh, the Polish boy right back, etc. It's, it's not a good look. And um, there was a story in midweek, I won't even go ahead and mention it, but if that's any truth about it, it's a joke. Uh, but So it's a hard one. I don't think you're going to get Stuart Robertson out because that's part of the board, but I think the board could maybe say we could get rid of Ross Wilson to cool it off. But again, we don't know how much influence he's got. But it's not a good look. You don't like to see your club uh, be angry at the board and you'd rather see us winning and being happy and signing good players. But it's a, it's a hard thing to do. But 
you're getting paid the money, so your, your deck's on the line. You need to get more right and wrong. And unfortunately for Ross Wilson, his record's not the best. Yeah, I mean, Craig, do you, do you feel it's primarily aimed at both Wilson and Robertson, or do you think more should be aimed at Ross Wilson's director of football? I mean, at the end of the day, he's the man that's in charge of the footballing department. He's the one that's sort of making all the sort of big decisions as in who we sign, who we don't. He's doing the negotiations. So it's, is it as simple as just getting rid of Ross Wilson and the heat suddenly comes off the board? No, because I think the two are linked. So obviously I'm guessing that any any decision on Ross Wilson would probably go through Stuart Robertson um, and then the board. But I'm guessing that they, the reason they want the sort of, um, the sort of, anger at both of them is because if Ross Wilson's failing then it's a it's a failure on Stuart Robertson as well. Um I I can see a little bit of heat dying down if they were to get rid of get rid of Ross Wilson. Easy for me to say. Um but I don't think that's gonna happen. But I think there probably would be a slight um heat off the board if if, if they were to if they were to make that decision before the summer, I think then some of the fans would probably come a bit more on side to say, right it's late, but they've at least made the right decision. But I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, Scott, it's obviously a um, a difficult one. Um, I I do feel that if Ross Wilson was to leave, the the sort of heat off the board would certainly be less and lesser than what it is just now. Um, but there's just no signs of that situation changing, is there? No, uh, Ross Wilson's obviously. Doing what he's been asked to do, the board are happy with his work. Like I said before, it's like he's bulletproof. Don't I don't know why, but it is. But I mean, I, I agree with Graham in his respect with the union bears. Yeah, some of the stuff you do, you like. It's I think it's a nice thing. Uh, if I was younger, I'd probably think this is fantastic, but um, I'm new 50, so I'm thinking, um, too old for this. But no, some of the stuff you do, you think you agree with them. Mm-hmm. But as football, we all know it's about winning stuff. The, the only gripe I've got, one of the gripes I've got with Ross Wilson, it's not the only gripe, it's one of the, and he'll probably say it's not his department or whatever, like he did in the AGM. He's not the one that signs players, but when we signed Aaron Amzi, he's sitting next to him, all big cheesy grins. Uh, as we let contracts run down, and then we were told they were offered contracts, and then Michael Beale comes out and says, no one offered anything. So somebody's lying. But I've always say, see if they won the cup final. Would the protests have been as bad? The protests are justified demise, but if they won the cup final, would these protests be happening? Good question, Graham. If the League Cup was in the in the cabinet, would the would the heat be as bad as it is just now? Or do you feel that the supporters are in a, a mindset now that that's and that's not going to change? I think most fans uh, would still believe that Wilson's not doing his job properly. But I don't believe the protest would be. I don't believe the union. I don't believe the union base would have maybe walked out of that game last week if we'd won the cup. They'd have maybe accepted, maybe put a statement out, but they'd have still been in at the game. If you know what I mean, I think there would be slight differences. But I still believe the protest because we've seen the, the, the long list of his signings, and maybe three, if you're pushing it, have worked out. Not good. The two boys that come in January because they're just in, but. Uh, so it's, it's not a good record, and Ross, what his care just said there, he's, some signings he's all over, and then when they don't work out, you don't see his name on the statement or on uh, anything like that on the Twitter feed or anything. So it's not a good look, and it's not just that. Sporting directors got to deal with the medical side, and you look at that, you look at uh, scouting, recruitment, everything. It's all meant to be under his his umbrella, and it's not really working. So. I think the fans would still be doing protests, but maybe not as angry if we'd won the cup. I will say, Brian, if it, we end the season with no trophies, which is a very good chance, I do think the board have to make a change. Because if they don't, I see it going for bad to worse, and then that can lead into the infected players, and it can also affect people who want to join the club. So, like, I'm not going yeah. to act that show. Do you know what I mean? So, I do think if we don't win anything, and I'm not saying winning the Scottish Cups to say he's done really well. I think it gives them a bit of rope to play with, but I do think at the end of the season, we know trophies. I do think the board's got to see us look and think, we either have him maybe go back the old way we used to do stuff, or we bring somebody else in. Because he's not the only person out there that can do that job. And he's no. been here, actually, over four years. And he's not been anywhere before, for four, longer than four years. 
So he's got a shelf life, and I do think it's time. He needs a change, but I think we need a change. Yeah, fair. That's fair enough. I mean, Craig, that's Beal's eighth away game in a row won. You know, eight league games are in a row wins. You know, it's 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 easy enough to it's easy enough to sort of think about doing it, but actually doing it's another thing. And he's he's navigated a lot of tough fixtures, and then of course, you know, the toughest ones about to come up very soon. But that's you know, eight league away wins is is nothing to be sniffed at, is it? No, and I think that's what he's. I think that's his sixteenth win out of eighteen as well. So that's a pretty good. Pretty good start. I know the two that he obviously didn't win were were both against uh, against the other side of the city. Um, no, it's a, it's a it's a very good record, um, and it was something that under under especially under Gio we we really struggled away. It was our away form that really really put us where we are this season. Um, so I think ultimately on the pitch and results wise, Bill's done exactly what 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 what's been required of him. Um, yes, we can sort of say the performances haven't maybe been where we want them to be, but ultimately. If, if any manager gets the first 18 games and has 16 wins, then, then you've got to be happy with it. Yeah. Kerr, it's obviously building up to, it's going to be a, a mad few weeks. Um, obviously, Raskin obviously was out today with a, a, a quad injury, I believe, but it's, it's, it's regarded as minor, but we've heard this before. And then we've not seen a player again for, well, look at uh, Lawrence, for example. It was to, we were, after the Hibs game. We were told he had a minor injury, and we've never seen him since. So, is 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 the blueprint there? You know, as as far as the team selection, it's not it's not far away in the sense that we've you know once once Raskin comes into the team, you know, you've got Cantwell, Tillman, uh, Morelos will probably come back in against them. You know, Kent. It's there's 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 a nucleus there, as in players going forward, isn't there? But there's also the the problem we've got is with all the players out of contract. Yeah, and that's uh, listen. We're gonna you're just gonna have to take each game as it comes between now and the end of the season. Obviously, there'll whole be dialogue be players out of contract, maybe depending not just UK based players, but players obviously worldwide, and hopefully we can maybe get a few ready signed up for the start of the season, but. He knows himself. He's, he's mentioned a few times three or four, maybe five players coming in. And one of them has to be a, a goalkeeper, as we know. So I think there will be change. There'll be a few players leaving. They'll run out of contract. or probably all leave, maybe apart from Ryan Kent and Jack, because that's the both he's mentioned before he wants to stay. He never mentioned Morelos, even though he spoke a lot about Alfie, but he's not mentioned that he wants him to stay. He's not mentioned he wants him to go either. He just mm-hmm. didn't come out and say, like, Jack and Kent, that he wants him definitely to stay. So it'll be a lot of uh, afs and buts and rumours and everything between now and the end of the season. But he just has to win each game as it comes. And if he won the semi-final, that gives him a big boost. Uh, doesn't mean we're going to win the cup final because then the football can happen, as you know. But if he won the semi-final, it gives him a big boost between now and the summer. But if he doesn't, he'll feel the pressure really bad, Michael Beale. And he knows that himself when he's come at the Rangers. Basically, you have to win every game. If you don't win, especially if you don't beat them, it's, it can be a nightmare scenario. You can win every game against everybody else, but if you constantly lose to them, it's no great. So you look at it and say, I need to win this game for a lot of different reasons. But And the fans, you know yourself, in Scotland, I mean, you look at a league table and it's kind of embarrassing. I know there's six points between us now because they're still to play, but the rest, well, they're playing at the moment, it's 20 past three. But the rest of the league are so far behind. It's it's actually embarrassing for the state of Scottish football. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you speaking class about other leagues being two or three team leagues, but Scotland's really bad. I mean, Hearts are supposed to be the third best team in the league, but I don't know how many points are behind us. I think it's 20 odd or something. It could be more. But it's, it's a bad look for us in the Scottish game in general. But we don't, I don't know what I can send myself for other teams, but Michael Beale has to look ahead. Just take a game as it's time. He has to look ahead to the summer. He has to plan. It has to the plan should be ready in place anyway for the summer. The players he wants, and if he can't get his first target, second, third choices. But I just hope this is my only hope that he makes a final decision on the players. He gets the players he wants. It does a little bit. Yes, scouts will give him ideas. Ross Wilson probably say that I still have the players we come up with. But I hope Michael brings in his own players. Like you see, he obviously wanted Campbell. I'm asking you about. I don't want him to bring guys in who. He's not hundred percent happy with as in we see with Gio. So it'll be a lot as between now and then the summer we might be night we might not agree with, but just take each game as it comes. But the semi final will be a big one as in 
pressure-wise on the manager. And obviously we all hope we get through that. So it's just time we tell, Brian. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> just scanning the comments, Graham. Um, a few folks saying Kent wasn't great today. Um, what was your thoughts on Kent today? I thought it was, we were going to the second half uh, once the changes where he came and yeah, a bit more. He was going to be a bit more room. It, it does kind of work well with Kamara. They kind of they're close together, so they can link up a wee bit better. But it's just again he's finishing. He could have had two goals again in the last five ten minutes after the sending off, and that kind of makes them look bad. It's it makes me wonder if they're actually staying behind. They're doing proper shooting finishing drills because it doesn't get any better. I've been saying it for I've started with the Rabo. It's I've been saying it Morelos. Doesn't he change his finishing style? Kent does he change his finishing style? So it makes you wonder if we're, they're actually doing the hard work in training. But I thought I wouldn't say it was a, a bad performance. Uh, probably maybe a six and a half out of ten could do better. But yeah, if he scored a couple of goals, then that bumps up to maybe a seven or an eight. But yeah, he could do better. Um, Graham, uh, sorry, Craig, the Yomas. First game back since his injury. How do you think he performed today? Yeah, um, just had a quick look. Um, Hearts are 28 points behind, although they are losing 1-0 at the moment to Aberdeen. So um, so that, that doesn't really help them. But yeah, it's a massive gap. Um, for me, Yilmaz, first 10 minutes, I thought he struggled a bit. I think he was trying to get into the game. Obviously, the goal, he, he sort of caught, caught out, not out wide. He sort of caught inside for the goal. Um, I think before the game, there was a bit of discussion around Motherwell would sort of target him. And I thought actually he did quite well, he, quite well aerially, he, which was sort of one of the things that we sort of discussed about his height and are they going to ping balls over the top of him? Um, so I mean, that was the, that was actually quite good. And I think as the game went on, he seemed to come more into the game. I mean, he wasn't perfect. A few of his crosses early on were sort of wild and, and out of the stadium. But um, I think for the first... First game back after such a long. Oh, he's... Out of 10. oh. we didn't hear that last bit. Sorry. I thought he's probably a good, a good six, six and a half out of ten. Yeah, it's always difficult, Scott, when you come back from injury because you know, obviously, playing youth uh, B team games is different from obviously first team games and. You know, in the heat of the battle, first, not even just a subs, you know, a subs appearance. He was just dipped straight in, obviously, because Borna's away to uh, his partner's away to have a child. So, dipped straight in, and it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously, just straight back from a long injury. I suppose, as, as the boys have said, it was a, a six sort of six and a half out of ten, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe I didn't really judge Yomaz until maybe half a dozen games or more to see what it's like. He's still getting used to Scottish football because he came in and got injured early on. He's not played a lot of football since he's been here, so he's still getting to know his teammates. So I think he's done okay, yeah. As part of his game, he could probably say he has to do that better. But I thought going forward, he actually looked quite lively and I thought he, he was making different runs down the line. He was coming inside, he was going wider. He's crossing. Listen, it's got well improve with time. But I thought overall he'd done okay. Early wise, he'd done well. We won a, a, quite a few headers against the boy Johnson. So I thought he'd done okay. But I mean, he obviously get took off because he's not played a lot of first team football. But the more games he gets, the better he'll get. I mean, obviously he spent a lot of money on him, so you want him to do well. But I just think it's he needs time as well. He's not he's not played a lot of football, so obviously we don't know how long Bonner's away for. Maybe he missed two or three games, and he's got an international break, which he'll be in training with the pro. So get to know him better. But I think he will become a good addition for us in the long term. Can I add something yeah. on Yilmaz, Brian, please? Hi. There was a moment in the second half when Motherwell kind of broke and I thought he's 1v1 defending. He won the ball. Uh, I thought that was quite good to see. So hopefully that's a, a, one of his strengths and that can help us going forward as well. Yeah, fair. That's a good point. Uh, I'll throw this out to the three years. You know, see, see the point about signings. I think we limit ourselves in the markets we shop in. Uh, mentioned a while ago that Celtic have the monopoly in Japan and Korea. Middle East has also has great talent, I would imagine, from beat, bop, boop. Now, do you guys feel that we 
shoehorn ourselves into certain markets and you know don't explore enough or are we doing are we doing things correctly for me it looks that way also we don't know what's happening behind the scenes you're, you're obviously going to have scouts data analysts and then ross wilson of his input as well the manager and the coaching team as well but it looks that way because most of our signs are from belgium lower league in england uh, croatian so it's as if that's the kind of market we know I'd like to actually go back and see where Ross Wilson's previous clubs bought players. I imagine obviously the English market will be one of them because it was down south, but I'd like to see if it was Croatia and Belgium as well. But for me, there's so much talent in like, Scandinavia, lower leagues in France, uh, Holland as well. Uh, and then obviously you've got, I believe, I've, I've been looking for this for ages to see what the work permit issues are, how, it, uh, how it's going to be. But I believe South America is a lot easier now for us. So you've got Uruguay, they've got young players. It's kind of characters in that I'd like to see. Yeah, so there is so much more I think we could be doing, uh, even in the loan market as well. I know a lot of fans don't like it, but see if you can guarantee, like, like their Tillman's been a success with the option to buy. If we could use that a bit more, the fans would maybe understand that as well. But uh, I think, as the comment says there, we should be doing a lot better and looking more worldwide and especially in Central Europe. I mean, Scott, do you feel we're shoehorning ourselves into certain markets and not expanding and looking every, you know, a lot further afield? It looks that way, Brian, but obviously you have scouts covering places, you have analysts looking at folk, a lot of video footage as well for different parts of the world maybe you kind of get to. So we should be looking further afield because there's a lot of talent out there that we could go and get. But obviously it depends, depends your manager. Obviously it depends on your sporting director whatever and he'll have he'll have his contacts Ross Wilson from different parts of the globe and like they mentioned he's probably got a few in Belgium uh, so because he's been in a lot of Croatia so he'll be, he'll be using email I mean these guys probably get emails videos whatever sent to him constantly with players come and look at this guy come and look at this guy I mean Celtic got a lot of a lot of credit for looking in Japan but that was only because that's where Ange came from mm-hmm. if Ange came from a different country they wouldn't went back to Japan they went somewhere else so obviously they've trusted their manager really well. And that's what we have to do. We have to trust Michael Beale. But obviously Michael Beale might not go to Japan or Asia or places like that because he doesn't want to play there either. So I think it's just looking around, being clever. We need to be more clever in the market. We're not. We're, I know we've mentioned signing injured players, but he probably thinks like these guys are injured. Like say Kemaruf. Kemaruf, when he's if he's not injured, he's a fantastic footballer. He can score goals. He's a really good player. But because he was injured and they're like, we got, we, we were interested and they came to us. And uh, sometimes I think we look at it and think, right, there's a few boys out there, maybe, maybe not get it if they're fully fit. But because they're injury prone, we might have a chance of getting them. We can bring them here and we can get back to full fitness and it can work for us. It's backfired too many times. So I think it's time we look at something different. Maybe not go for proven players, go for young and hungry talent. Maybe guys nobody's heard of because it doesn't mean they're no good players. It just means they're going to come in and prove themselves. So I think we have to look globally. We have to look further afield. And we shouldn't show on ourselves in any market because there's players anywhere you can go and look. So I think Michael Beal has got to have, like I said there, he's got to have the final sale on players but because he's working with him daily and it's his job on the line. But I do think we have to expand our thought process. Yeah, I mean, Craig, it's it's... <laughs> It's difficult because obviously if the, if the director of football's got a certain black book or red book or whatever colour book that he looks at, that you know he's got his contacts and he's going to stick to that, isn't he? Because that's what he knows. But there is definitely a need, I think, that we we only look at certain markets and we don't look anywhere else. And to me, if you don't look anywhere else, somebody else is, and then you're going to lose out, aren't you? Yeah, it all goes back to Ross Wilson. I think we had how many times on the podcast did we and, and other people discuss the fact that not one Dutch player came when Gio was in charge. You sort of think that would be an easy market, easy market to look at. There's players in Scandinavia, lower leagues of Italy, France, Spain. Yes, they might cost a bit more money, but you, you, you've got to broaden, broaden your horizons with, with talent. You can't just be focusing on English English league and, and Belgian league because that's where a lot of clubs will go for you've, you've got to be a bit more clever and I think that all comes down to a certain Mr Wilson if he's not if he's not spreading spreading it around um, it's not it's not like years and years ago where you had to 
physically maybe send a scout out to, to, to sort of look at an area. There's ways now to, to look at players without needing to do that. Um, so you sort of get highlights sent and you can get game footage sent from wherever. So if they're not doing that properly, then it, it all comes down to him and he's, he's, he's not basically doing what he needs to do in his job. And I suppose oh, what I always say, Brian, it's very difficult watching a game on video, whatever, and actually seeing live. You miss so many things watching it in video. You need to, in my opinion, you need to go and see the player live. You can't just watch it on a video because a lot of the time, obviously, videos fall balls. You don't see the boy off the, off the ball or what he's doing. So it's great to get an insight in players, but you need to go and watch the guys live as well. I mean, do you know saying Seb Rosenthal years ago through videos, obviously, because we watched them. So you always can get you can always get your gems, don't get me wrong, you'll be able to get players in, but I think a lot of the time you need you need to go and see the player live just to see what he offers before. A video is great, but you need to go and just see them one to one. Not just that as well. I always believe you should be speaking to like their coaches and all that and getting a, so they can see their personality and their character as well. Because when you look at some of your players when I want you to see about their bottle or their mentality in that. You need to get the kind of that information from uh, previous managers, coaches, etc. So it's basically every kind of form of scouting. I believe you need to use it all and then combine it all to get together. I suppose the final sort of point we'll make today is obviously now that's a bit of an there's an international break coming up, guys. Um, is this game at a good time for us, or do you feel we just needed to keep going as we were going? It's probably just came at, it's, 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 came, it's came at an okay time. The only the only my only concern is Ryan Jack. Hmm. I think I've said it before and here and I'll say it again. I find Jack wants to prolong his Rangers career and play for the club that he so called wants to play for, then he's gonna to have to make a decision about Scotland. Hmm. No, I don't say he shouldn't play for Scotland. I'm not, I can't say that to him, but if he wants to prolong his Rangers career, then he's gonna to have to put Scotland and hold. You know, he's got to say I've had enough of my international games. Like Paul Scholes done it with Man United, put England uh, England away. I mean, Ferguson is at Rangers. I'm mean, saying no, he wants to play with Rangers longer. He's going to be a point that comes because he went to Scotland before and got injured. He missed a lot. He missed a lot of games for us. And if he didn't go with Scotland, he would have been available. Do you know that way? So Ryan Jack has got to get to a point saying if he wants to stay, I mean, he might give him a year or a year's rolling next year. But I would keep Ryan Jack in a heartbeat. But if he's still playing for Scotland, I would seriously consider it because. There's no point getting injured for Scotland and missing games for Rangers. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he didn't have to get picked for Scotland this time. It's a kind of, they've got enough cover there, but, and he's been in and out of the side, and he picked, Stevie Clark picked him because he could just rest them and give him time to recover, but no, he picks him. So, no, Ryan Jack's got to say, right, do I want to play for Rangers in our season or two longer, or do I want one of national caps? And to me, if he picks an international cap, saying he might have to reconsider the contract. I'll also be interested to see their asking thing as well. I'm a wee bit worried about that because if he plays and picks up, uh, makes the injury worse, then again, it's not a good look for us. We should be stepping in and saying, the boy's injured, can you leave him out? Blah, blah. And then we need to be a bit stronger as a club. They can't go and base it to the clubs. Is that not really like it changed? Even though they're even the players are injured, you have to send them, and then their doctors look at them and say, "Aye, they're not fit enough to play," and send them back. I thought I thought that rule was changed tonight. I could be wrong, but I thought I did somewhere where the international doctors now have to rule them out. They, they don't take the club doctors because they want to see them for themselves. Because a lot of players in the past have pulled out, and probably just kind of bothered. But mm. I agree with you on asking as well. You don't want him to play and get injured, especially when he's away with a knock. I mean, Craig, it's it's. It's always been a bit of a, a topic with Ryan Jack, you know, international, no, yes, no. He doesn't even start for Scotland now, from what I've seen the last few games. Um, he comes on for five, ten minutes, and I'm like, you know, if, if you're thinking of your, your sort of, if you want to prolong your career much longer, I mean, it's not as though even, if he'd started for Scotland every game, I would, I would, understand his predicament but he doesn't even start for Scotland does he? No I mean he's, he's Rangers his Rangers game and his Rangers game time is his bread and butter he needs to really be focusing on that like Kerr said it's having with Paul Scholes remember Alan Shearer retired quite early um, from international duty and played five six more years for, for Newcastle um, so it really has to be a decision and obviously only Ryan Jack can make that decision the club can obviously give their their thoughts on it um, but for me he has to sort of focus on what what 
is best for him going forward. And for me going forward, best for him is to is to focus more on Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just seeing the third best team are getting beat by Aberdeen three 0 there, guys. So don't know what's happening in the Scottish report today. <laughs> um, but Hibs thank you for joining us. Eh? Hibs are ten men as well. Hibs are down to ten men against Celtic. Oh, well, there, nothing changes, does it? Nothing changes. Well, and on that note, guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, the reaction to Motherwell two Rangers four. Um, my thanks to Scott, Graham and Craig. Thank you very much, guys. And I believe we'll be back tomorrow night with Rabble Sundays. So join us if you can. Uh, like, subscribe and share the, the podcast for us. And we shall see you tomorrow. So thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.